0: on our final Lakers Championship Rewind. The NBA makes its plan to finish its season in a bubble in Orlando, and the Lakers, determined to find their way, get off to a rocky start, but eventually overcome all the odds and win their 17th title. Listen now as we share the best interviews and thoughts from those days and weeks on the special episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And we're back once again for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. You get a chance, check out all of our great shows, including the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and also Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening to all of our great shows out there. And in fact, if you can, please give us that five star review on all of our shows. It helps us out so tremendously. Like, support our shows. It's Vega White, Franklin III from 1340 a.m. Hopewell. Just so great to have you on, my friend. I uh, got a chance to be on your show and, and was honored to be a part of that. And I'm so thankful that you can return the favor by coming on here today.
1: Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. Are you excited for
0: that sports is coming back? I saw on your social media, you had great shots of Major League Baseball getting back up and running today. You got the NBA right around the corner, NHL. Isn't it so nice to have at least some type of diversion from all the stuff that's going on out there with a the pandemic?
1: Oh yes, definitely. It's some type of normalcy for me. However, everything is moving on virtually now these days, so it's a little bit hectic as far as being a journalist or reporter, and you're trying to make sure everybody has the right signal and everybody's one accord. So that's something that is definitely different. But nevertheless, I'm pretty excited that we have some type of sports because I'm a huge Lakers fan. Then hopefully there's some type of normalcy within the NFL, but we don't know anything just yet. So right now I'm just looking forward to WNBA as well as the NBA.
0: How far do you think this Laker team can go in the Western Conference and the NBA Finals overall?
1: Ah, uh, man, uh, that's kind of hard because I personally feel, as we talked before um, previously on my show, that I feel like they're going to get shocked. You know, it's, if it's somebody like you know, hypothetically speaking, if the Pelicans can get in that HC, seed, I think they could definitely push the Lakers' buttons as well as the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets, as far as them playing small ball, if they can somehow get together, coordinated. I think they would definitely shock a lot of people. You know, they would definitely put their bigs into foul trouble. And then you also have to look at the Lakers bench. They're fairly young. So you have to take in consideration of how young their bench is. They don't really have too many veterans on their bench. So, So I think that the Lakers will possibly make it to the second round. But I personally feel like they might get shocked down the road.
0: And you're not the only one that has said that out there. I think a lot of people say that in this type of environment where the home team and the road team is pretty much out the window, this is an unusual environment that they're in. There is no home court advantage. There is no road court disadvantage, really, when it comes down to it. Everybody's playing on this even court type of field. And I think that anything, like you said, can happen. And we are going to see some upsets. I'm hoping it's not the Lakers. But I agree with you. I think we are going to see some upsets coming in the NBA playoffs. Remember, Lakerholics.com is the place to go for every Lakers fan out there They want to go ahead and be part of the conversation. and <laughs> There's going to be a lot of conversation coming up in the next few days as the NBA gets ready to decide its opponent, that being the Lakers, in the first round. Not quite sure yet. Yes, I know a lot of people already have Portland pegged at this point in time but this is just after the lakers game right now so i want to go ahead and and let everybody know that it's still up for grabs as i'm recording this because the lakers played the early game today and they unfortunately got defeated by the sacramento kings 136 to 122 offense was on display good three-point shooting again for the lakers two games in a row that's nice to see 42% from the three-point area, but unfortunately, no defense to be had. A lot of subs in there, a lot of the guys on the back end of the rotation, a lot of guys on the back end of the bench that you would not normally see. LeBron only played one half. Danny Green only played one half. Anthony Davis, KCP, Alex Caruso, and Kyle Kuzma were all out for the game, all resting, getting prepared for the first round of the playoffs. So I don't know if you can take that much out of it. Again, the Lakers did lose today, 136-122. to 122. I will be having conversations coming up in the near future with some great guests, including Laker Tom. I'm hoping to get on Jamie Sweet from LakerHolics.com. I'm hoping to get Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies also back on as well. And some more great guests coming up in the near future just before the NBA playoffs begin or as the NBA playoffs begin to assess what's going on with Lakers. And throughout the NBA playoffs, I'm going to go ahead and make sure we provide you continual reports and updates as well with our thoughts, with our analysis, right here from lakerholics.com, Lakers Fast Break, and so much more. So we truly appreciate everybody watching. Again, if you have any questions, please shout it out to us at Lakers Fast Break. Also as well, Lakers Fast Break at yahoo.com or our Lakers Fast Break Facebook, YouTube pages, or also, as well, you can go ahead and hit us up at Lakerholics.com. Love to hear your comments there. Defense, nowhere to be seen today, but the offense was actually pretty good today. 40% plus from the three-point area. Maybe that's a sign going forward that the team can be more consistent from outside, which will be sorely needed come playoff time. Lakers fall to 3-5 and five in the seeding games, and that will go ahead and... Still get them first place in the Western Conference, but obviously not the way that they wanted to go ahead and have the seeding games. They wanted to go ahead and be a little bit more definitive, I'm sure.
2: This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Well, the Lakers did
0: manage to go ahead and finish off the Portland Trail Blazers in five games. score was 131-122. to 122. I had told Tom on our previous podcast that I was expecting kind of a flat performance. And while we didn't get that offensively, we didn't get much of a defensive presence at any point in time in the game. But I will say this, the Lakers close out the game strong on a 20-7 to run, which finished off the Portland Trail Blazers. But give Portland credit, they fought hard. They did not have... They were down to nine players. They didn't have Lillard. They didn't have Collins. They didn't have a number of players on their team. They were down to nine active players. And you know what? I give Terry Stotts and the entire team credit for putting up a fight all the way through. They could have caved in early in the third quarter when the Lakers went up by double digits, but they fought back, tied the game, and we're looking to give the Lakers quite a challenge, but the Lakers did come out on top. AD and LeBron, just two incredible performances today. AD with 43 points, LeBron James with 36 and 10 assists. Overall, just another great game by those two. And they got just enough of a supporting cast. Caldwell Pope with 14, White Howard with 11. I really liked Alex Caruso's hustle and grit and timely defensive plays. Kuzma, a great effort on defense, not well executed on offense, but again, it was just a great performance by those two, AD and LeBron once again, and here today to talk about everything as far as this game and going forward, are three great guys, starting off with my good friend, you know him as the man behind NBA Draft Junkies, you got to go ahead and subscribe today to NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, check out his page. NBA com and not only his great show NBA Draft Junkies all over the podcast apps but his second great show all over the podcast apps that is Run the Floor it is Rafael Barlow and Raphael, for this game I saw a lot of grit and determination and not a sense of quit at all from the Portland Trailblazers
2: yeah I mean they came out they played hard I don't think we would have been shocked either way if they came out and made it competitive or if they came out and got smacked by 40. I don't think you'd be surprised with either result. I thought the young guys played well. I thought Melo played like we needed him to play in the previous games. Ant Simons has a bright future. I think same with uh, Trent Jr. CJ was, he was he was a tough matchup tonight, but it was just too much LeBron and AD and I mean, those two guys are the only ones that really showed up on the offensive end. And I mean, I guess when you have those two guys, you can win games with only two guys contributing like that. But LeBron came out focused. Uh, AD looked good. And, you know, the Lakers just, they, I mean, at one point I felt like they were coasting a little bit. Yeah. But they turned it on in the last five minutes. I thought Portland had a chance when it was tied up at maybe like 110 or something like that. And then after that, it was it was game over. So well, I but think it was Le- a good Le- effort for the Blazers. So. I think
0: LeBron came back into the game. And once those two decided to go ahead and put the hammer down, it looked like you like you were talking about all mm-hmm. throughout the series. When LeBron is aggressive, the Lakers are hard to stop. And when he started going to the basket... That really set the tone for the Lakers and when he kind of like you said put the pedal off the metal I saw the Lakers do the all the entire team do the same thing especially on the defensive
2: end yep yeah it was uh I mean I guess it's a good series for the Laker fans first what is it the first series win since eleven twelve?
3: yep
0: we've got a series victory now as we wait for the winner of Oklahoma City and Houston right now Houston's up three games to two but with us also today to talk about the Lakers and their victory over the Portland Trailblazers is Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grice. And Sean, uh, I'm sure you got to be happy with some of the things today that went on. Obviously, both LeBron and AD were clicking today. Would have liked to have gotten more help, but enough defense. I didn't say it was a great defensive performance at all, but they got just, just enough defense to go ahead and sneak by in what, to me, I think has to be categorized as an underwhelming performance.
3: Oh, absolutely, Gerald. I would agree. I think uh, in games like this, like you said, LeBron will decide to just become aggressive and take it over. Uh, It often reminds... Like, those two often remind me now of um, Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and that they just decide when they're going to pick you apart and when they feel that matchups favor, you know, somebody like a Tyree Kill or uh any number of running backs they have that they can put on wheel routes. It's just LeBron to me is is acting like a quarterback right now. He's just deciding when to take over and when to grind it out.
0: Well, I could tell right now that's what he likes to do. He likes to you know, just be that maestro that you know, is orchestrating the entire game per se and when he's able to dictate and impose his will on the game it's really hard for anybody to go ahead and match up with that also with us today is a good friend of ours as well you know he's got to be here when the lakers win he's the mastermind behind lakerholics.com you got to go ahead and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com i know him as tom wong but you know him as laker tom and laker tom like i was talking about with sean Not exactly the best performance, and like I was saying with Raphael, not exactly the defensive kind of stout you really want to see from the team.
4: No, yeah, we talked about this yesterday that uh, it was a big question because the Lakers, every time the Lakers seem to get momentum going, some event out of their control seems to throw a log jam in front of them. And uh, this three-day strike that we went through, uh, all of the turmoil of whether the playoffs were going to be canceled and or not, um, all of the backlash that Stephen A. Smith has unleashed against LeBron, saying that he's uh, alienated the young guns in the league and he's alienated some of the owners. You had to expect that the team was going to come out and, and not have the same level of performance that they did in the last game before the strike. I think there are a lot of positives about it. One big positive in my mind was that they were able to turn the switch. I've always felt from the very beginning this was going to be at best a five-game series. I thought that the chance for a six-game series or a sweep were about the same thing. It came out in five games. And I think, I think what really transpired was you had a number one seed versus a number eight seed. And I don't mean any disrespect for the Portland Trailblazers. They'd be a much higher seed in the East because the West was really, really a very tough conference this year and a lot of good teams. You look at Portland as number eight, and, uh, and I think uh, number seven was the
3: Dallas Mavs. Those are some pretty good ball teams there. I think in an ordinary season where they didn't have so many injuries, they'd be at like a five seed. Maybe. Mm-hmm. The problem they have is they don't play defense. I mean, that's yeah, that, that, that's it's been a problem
4: all year long. And when you get into the playoffs, the defense really counts. And I think the Lakers proved that they had another switch that they could turn on. And then they had another gear defensively that they could turn on. I
0: don't want to say they don't play defense. I mean, obviously, when they give up 131 points, you can't say that they play defense effectively the entire time. But I'm sure Rafael – Well, well, hold on here. Hold on. Hold on. I'm sure Rafael would probably want to interject. They have some players on that team who can play effective defense. But it's hard when your guards, your two-league guards, are the size that they are. And then also the fact that I saw Gary Trent Jr., who is is playing as hard as he can, playing some really smart defensive times. It's just not enough as far as defensive presence at the right spots. But again, Rafael, what are you seeing as far as Portland is concerned?
2: Well, the roster is imbalanced. Even if they were healthy, they would have started Collins at the five. I don't think, I'm sorry, at the four. I don't think he's a five. Portland doesn't have a four- like a switchy four. I mean, I guess Ariza would fit that, that need, but he didn't play that many games. So I think if Ariza was there, I mean, if healthy Collins would be playing more minutes than Jalen Horde and William Gabriel. But at the end of the day, I mean, we can only speculate and say what if, and we didn't, we weren't a healthy team this year. And We had Melo playing a lot of minutes at the three, which I think he's a four in today's NBA. And just the roster was not balanced. So I think, you know, going forward, they should be happy with the young guys, guys that were kind of pushed into playing time in the playoffs. They got some experience. And now you bring in, you know, Rodney Hood. He should be back. Ariza should be back next year. And then I don't think Whiteside would be back just because I really don't have a need for him. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think if the Blazers were healthy, they wouldn't be an eighth seed. But you were eighth seed, and when you're eighth, you face the best team. And it's not a favorable matchup in in that place. But, you know, the season's over for us. So you can't really spend too much time talking about what if.
0: We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos. Well, a great win for the Lakers. They they took care of the Houston Rockets 4 games to 1 with a, well, this was this way, a blowout of the Rockets 119 to 96. The Lakers started off fast, got up to a 21 point lead, came down as far as a punch right back from Houston early in the second quarter to right down to 7. But after that, it was all Lakers. They focused very well on the defensive side of the ball and got a lot of great shooting. Over 50%, 51% for the ball game from the three-point area, 52% in all from the field. It's truly a, a great performance all around. LeBron did have 29. Anthony Davis only chipped in with 13. Six players in double figures today. And here today to talk about everything going on, our three great guests indeed. We're going to start off with my good friend, you find him everywhere when it comes to the NBA Draft, and especially at his great site, NBA Draft Junkies. You gotta go ahead and not only check his site, NBA Junkies.com, but look at him right here. All the rows and rows and rows, if you're watching on Facebook Live, of videos right there for you at NBA Draft Junkies, and plus his Run the Floor podcast as well, which you can get everywhere you get your podcasts. It is Rafael Barlow and Raphael man. That was, I don't know. Would you say that that the, it just was, they figured out everything? I mean, you had said before a couple of games ago that the Lakers had figured out what the Rockets are going to do, and they had already figured them out. But really, this game proved it, that they just figured out the Rockets in whole,
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said yesterday and the day before, the series ended with LeBron's blocks in the third quarter two games ago. Once it took away the Rockets willingness to really attack the rim it made it hard for them to get their shooters open and it was it at that point for me and i think i mentioned yesterday either is either two things are going to happen the lakers are going to lay down and houston is going to catch them slipping or it's going to be a 20 or 30 point blowout and it actually kind of happened everything happened in, in the game in a sense but yeah i mean houston just They didn't have the same energy that they came out with earlier in the series. And I just think like other than a few, maybe like two quarters, you know, maybe was it the second quarter this game and the fourth quarter last game. But other than that, ever since Bron had those two blocks, I mean, it was just total domination by the Lakers.
0: It was total domination by the Lakers. And it was great to see if you're a Lakers fan. it just see the collective effort today from the Lakers as a whole and I'll tell you what, it was just awesome to see also with us today he's one of the blog editors from Lakerholics.com, be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com it is Jamie Sweet Jamie, a great win by the Lakers and also as well just a way that they could go ahead and put a stamp on this round looks like their stamp on small ball they weren't caught looking ahead to the next round
5: no, they certainly weren't. They didn't pull uh, Clippers. They didn't. They didn't fall asleep at the wheel or uh, let the game drift away from them when the when when it was all on the line. The thing that I thought was interesting about tonight's game was that the Rockets actually kind of played their game more than they did the last two. You know, they outshot us. They had more possessions, which is how they had to win. They didn't make enough shots with those possessions, which is why they lost. The thing that was kind of eye-popping to me was other than Westbrook and I think Jeff Green, not a single Houston player scored even in double digits. And that's just the lockdown. It's it's just like, you know, when you have that kind of chokehold on another team's offense, they ought not to win. You know, everybody hyped this series at the beginning as a clash of two styles. And, you know, I've always said that Mike D'Antoni is either a pretty good regular season coach could be a great college coach. I really think his style of basketball would fit better with the college game. I have never thought he was a coach that coached for the playoffs or had a style that would be successful in the playoffs. People would be like, oh, well, Miami, like kind of, you know, embraced small ball when they won. And LeBron is, you know, one of the best small ball players, but he is so disparaging of the big man. And I don't mean like just a seven footer. I mean like players who do big man things, it's always been mind-moggling to me, like how you could just kind of like cut off a part of the game and be like, and now we're going to be better. Like, I, I don't, it's never, it's just never jived with my basketball worldview and it still doesn't today <laughs> for obvious reasons. And, you know, hats off to the Rockets. They had a great regular season. James Harden is probably the best one-on-one score, certainly of this modern generation, probably one of the top five all-time it's got to be exhausting you know you can't be the best scorer and guard the other player's center if you're not Shaquille O'Neal or Tim Duncan or like another equally skilled big guy like it just you're just going to get beat down and he looked beat down he looks that whole team looked beat down they have for about two games like any drowning man caught a couple of breaths of air before they went under but Raphael said it best when he talked about those two kind of series-defining blocks, that defensive willpower that LeBron imposed on the series, and that was the identity of the series. Like the narrative never changed after that. Very excited, Lakers back in the Western Conference Finals, first time uh, in ten years. So long, so long. So I, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I was gonna wear my Christmas Laker hat, but it's a little warm here, and so never mind. It's too hot. <laughs>
0: okay, fair enough. It was just a tremendous performance. I'd have to put it in the top five best performances of the Lakers this season. The words I've been longing to say for a long time now, it's been since 2010 I've been wanting to say this. So 10 long years, a little over a decade, but the Lakers are headed back to the NBA Finals. And here with me today to talk about the Lakers heading back to the NBA Finals. After a 117-107 victory over the Denver Nuggets, finishing the Denver Nuggets off in five games, as Laker Tom had predicted. And here today, talk to me all about what's going on with the game. Our three great guests indeed, as always. My compadre during the NBA playoffs. He is my good friend indeed. It is Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, great to have you back on the program, my friend.
2: Thank
0: you. I just got to say two words. LeBron James.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was big in the in the fourth quarter when Denver looked like they were making a run. How many shots was it in a row that he hit? I think it was five. Five in a row. Five big shots. Played well defensively. I mean, what is this, 10? Is this his 10th finals in yes. 11 years? That's incredible. That's that's just absolutely incredible. I mean, he delivered on his promise that he made to, to Lakers fans a couple years ago, so... I'm sure Laker Tom and, and everyone else in, in Laker nation just can't wait to get game one started. And you want this Boston Miami series to end tomorrow's. So you know who you're playing. Absolutely. To I mean, it was just We're a great- to wait for a game seven for the fans.
0: <laughs> Your time is I think coming. Would,
2: I, I would want to get it over early. I'd want to get it over early instead That's- of just sitting around and, and waiting. Team is hot right now.
0: Well, hold on. Let me introduce you guys before you go ahead and off on everything. <laughs> My gosh. You see what you start, Raphael. You get these guys going. I'm telling you. <laughs> also here today is one of the blog editors for Lakerholics.com. You got to go ahead and check out everything that they're doing today at Lakerholics.com, including videos from Rafael Barlow, podcasts from me and so many great articles from Jamie Sweet, Laker Tom, and of course, Sean Grice, AKA Magic Man. And Sean, all right, your turn now, my friend. Go ahead and you elaborate on what the Lakers did right. It's still ding-dong, the witch is dead for the Denver Nuggets right now.
3: Just just missed the bell, and Cinderella's time is over for Denver. Yes,
0: yes. Well, I understand that a lot of Nuggets fans are going to be over the course of the next few minutes. are going to say, well, if Murray had been healthy, yada, yada, yada. I, I get it. Murray was not playing anywhere near 100%. But neither was uh, Anthony Davis.
3: No, he wasn't. His ankle isn't 100% right now. I'd also like to say, I mean, a lot of the wrinkles showed again. Nicola got in foul trouble again. And they just seemed to have, like, Grant saved them in the third quarter. If he hadn't have shown up in that third quarter, I think that 5-10 to 10 point lead would have ballooned at 12-15. to 15. Even with the hobbled Murray, it just wasn't their night.
0: You know what? You got to give credit to the Denver Nuggets for having the will to get themselves through two rounds down three games to one and then go tooth and nail with the Lakers for five games. And they really battled. They did the best they could. It wasn't quite enough. And here today to also talk about the game and where it's going to go from here is a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. you got to go ahead and check out Lakerholics.com today. It is Laker Tom. Laker Tom, let me ask you this real quick. I mean, was there anything really that was standing out to you? To me, it was just in the end when everybody was really starting to gas. Once again, as we've seen the past few games, one person had to stand up. Before it's been Jamal Murray, before it's been Nikola Jokic, before it's been Anthony Davis,
4: today... This LeBron James. It's kind of appropriate that this is really, I think, the first time we've seen the playoff LeBron that we're used to seeing in the previous years. I'm starting to like Raphael's depiction of LeBron playing for another four or five years. Ten. I've moved it up to ten. (laughs) moved it up to ten. You know, know, if it goes up to 15, then we're really
0: doing something. (laughs)
4: this, This could be like Kyrie's ad with, the old man on the on the court coming out there and showing the young guys how to play. But LeBron LeBron took this game over, and it it was a beautiful sequence of shots and so forth. And I think Sean's right that you just can't go through three straight grueling series like this at an escalating opponent each time you're playing a better opponent, and you're getting tireder and tireder. You throw throwing a few injuries and things like that, and the Lakers held them at bay the entire game even more than they did in game four. You know this was a wire to wire same type of situation uh where the or the you give credit to to the nuggets for hanging close and for fighting back time after time, eventually even tying the game till eighty hit that three. But what it really comes down to in the end is that the Lakers had the best two superstars. We got some great contributions from the role players once again. You know, Danny Green, who I was screaming at all game for his for his defense, uh, hit that clutch three at a really important time.
0: Two block shots. Um, he didn't do so bad on the defensive end.
4: Well, he got two block shots because guys were going by him all the time. He was always behind his defender. That's why he got a block shot. Um, I think I, I think the thing that that impressed me most about the Lakers is that, despite not having LeBron and AD. Totally dominate like both of them are capable of doing, and I give credit to that to the to the teams they played. They're the only one of the top four seeds that really has made it to the through the bubble to the finals. You saw Milwaukee lose out, you saw the Clippers lose out, and in the history of sixty eight NBA finals, there have only been seven number five seven number three seeds that have won a championship. And there have never been a number five seed like the Miami Heat has never won a championship. So the bubble's been the equalizer for everybody. It's in many ways made the path easier for the Lakers in one sense that they knocked out the Clippers and Bucks. But in another sense, it's made it harder for them because I think Portland was better than a normal, you know, eight seed team. And the Rockets were a unique challenge that everybody was saying the Lakers were going to fall on. And then you come up with the come-from-behind nuggets that everybody said that they were going to know. And in each one of those series, the Lakers basically fought back and and dominated the series, ending on a winning streak of three games, three games, and two games, to take all three of them in five games. Um, I'll wait before making my official prediction, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be, just because of the parallel to it, it'll be another Four game, four uh, one victory in the finals.
0: See, there you go. You already started. You're already starting it, my friend. You're already started. Just
4: right. I don't it doesn't matter gonna who. Cheat. It's going to be the Lakers involved. I don't know who's going to be the opponent yet, Gerald, but uh, I don't think it's going to matter to this team. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the legacy of the Lakers is what's on stake. That's why they prevailed and survived. They persevered and survived where the Bucks didn't and the Clippers didn't. I think figured- a lot of it goes entirely to lebron james leadership we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast
0: check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse
1: that is by far my favorite because it's also character-driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue
3: to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years.
0: Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week, or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can also like, share, subscribe, follow everyone involved, including Lakerholics.com, the Run the Floor podcast, and the Lakers Fast Break, along with my shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It is truly appreciated we are the champions my friend and we'll keep on fighting to the end we are the champions we are the champions no time for losers cause we are the champions of the world oh it feels good thank you for listening to us right here at the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here but i've got a great cast and crew because the lakers just won the 2020 nba world championship i feel so psyched i'm so happy i'm glad i couldn't come on a few minutes ago because i was not composed as if i'm not composed now but i was actually just had to go ahead and get enough strength and, and everything that's going on because it's been such an emotional ride, and I felt it in those last couple minutes. You felt this entire weight of 12 months and such a roller coaster ride for this entire organization and the fans that follow it over the past 12 months. And here today to break down the Lakers winning the 2020 NBA World Championship with me, our awesome, awesome cohorts in Crime Indeed. First off, I'm going to go ahead, and he has been just an awesome fellow host for everything that's going on with the NBA Draft Junkies. And first off, I want to give a big hand to him. He's been a great fellow host, great co-host just throughout the entire playoff run. He's been with me at my side. He's been just a true pleasure, and it's just his deep insight. There is no better out there. You know what? If he went to GM school— He would break GM school because he's that good. It is Rafael Barlow. And Raphael, thanks for coming on the program. That second quarter for the Los Angeles Lakers is one of the most dominant final quarters I've ever seen in my life.
2: Was it more dominant than the second quarter of game one?
0: (laughs) That's what I want to ask. That's the that's the question I had in my mind as I sat down on this chair right here. Is it better than the game one? On I'm gonna say yes because. You know what? Miami wasn't sure in game one where things were going to go. They had a little bit of confidence. Momentum was sort of swinging on their side, swinging in their way. They were in the game at the end of the first quarter, only down by eight. And then you could see by the end of that half, when it hit halftime, it was all downhill from there.
2: Yeah, I mean, game six looked like game one to me they were they were very similar unfortunately those are both of the games that dragic played in so i don't want to blame him for that but yeah i mean i was that was a dominant quarter i mean at one point it seemed like the lakers had seven guys on the floor like miami couldn't get a clean look all their shots were contested i mean the lakers the rotations were there i mean it it was a very very dominant quarter like you said but uh, yeah at one point like i said it really looked like the Lakers had seven defenders on the floor because Miami couldn't get a clean look or a break. And just the Lakers came out. I mean, they were motivated. And then also, um, I just think Miami ran out of gas. I think Butler just did not have anything left in the tank. While, it's like, you remember I mentioned last game, a friend of mine that played in the NBA said last season was the first time he's seen LeBron breathing hard <laughs> in a game. Well, LeBron looked like he had so much energy today that he could have played 48 minutes if the series went was a 14 game series. Like that was the difference to me between LeBron and Jimmy Butler. Like you can make a case and say maybe Butler had outplayed LeBron and up until this point or, or it was even, but when it came down to energy today, it was a totally, totally different, you know, it was just totally different as far as like their energy levels and, did I mean, that surprise just, you? No. I mean, LeBron, like, you know, I, I felt like Butler was carrying a, a big weight, but it's just hard to see LeBron looking exhausted or, or, or not looking fresh. I mean, he always looks like he's can play another game right afterwards. So, so no, it doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Well, also here today to give us their insight as far as what's going on, as far as the Lakers and how they won the 2020 NBA championship. He's one of the blog editors from Lakerholics.com. You got to follow what he's doing today under the guise of magic, man. It is Sean Grice and Sean, you
3: got to be a happy man. Dude, I am stoked. It is a 10 out of 10 on the Stokes level. (laughs) I can't believe this. Like, I've been waiting 10 years for this, Gerald. It's been 10 long years. 10 long years.
0: I got my party hat on. I got my party hat on.
3: And to finally win it and to finally tie them. We tied them. There's no. Not according to
0: Bill Simmons.
3: (laughs) Yeah. All right, Bill. So you don't want to count this one, right? So oh, I'll count we,
0: it, and I'll say yeah. we're tied with them. So sorry, yeah. Bill Simmons.
3: Why don't I'll we forget? You why don't we forget the eight wins that Tommy Heinsohn and Bob Cousy had when they were smoking Luckies in the in the locker room?
2: But six teams when there
3: were only eight teams. How about we forget <laughs> those?
0: Exactly, exactly. But that's deep insight, and we'll get into your specifics on what really clicked for the Lakers today. Because, again, I'm going to say right now, it's one of the most dominant second quarters, finals of any quarter, uh, just ever. And <laughs> he sleeps in Carmen. I, I just saw your messages, Jamie. <laughs> That's too funny. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and hit it to you right now. It is Jamie Sweet, also one of the blog editors. And I know he's going to have five awesome things for his next article coming up in LakerHolics.com. And, Jamie, you and I, old men. Stroke our beards. There you go. We're not a, I can change old as now. Laker Tom, but we've been Laker fans from the, from the beginning. And I'll tell you what, for me, it's been an awesome experience, an awesome ride. And I will describe that kind of up in an upcoming article for Lakerholics.com. Cause I'm going to do that for you guys, but tell me your thoughts right now. As a Lakers fan.
5: I mean, I am beyond elated. Uh, you know, like magic man said, long time coming. Um, you know, it's, it's funny that Laker fans say that because there are so many other teams who still – there's a few other teams who have yet to make it to the NBA Finals. There's a lot of teams who haven't won the NBA Finals, and Laker fans certainly experience a level of entitlement that most other sporting fans don't uh, – don't, don't, don't. <laughs> they just don't. Um, and, you know, I'm just feel happy. It's, it's a lot of monkeys off of a lot of people's shoulders. It's Genie's first champion as, as running the franchise. It's Vogel's first championship as a head coach. Anthony Davis's first championship, you know, Coos is the last of the future young Lakers, the only surviving future, the last of the Mohicans, as I like to call them. Um, you know, all of those things are 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 and it's weird how you how you can see some players like really take winning a championship. And this is something I'm curious about for next year, and I don't want to get into next year yet. Uh, I do have 72,000 trade proposals that I can't wait to put on my five things tomorrow morning. Uh, that's,
0: that's just five less than what Laker Tom will be doing. <laughs> I have zero
5: trade proposals in the canon, uh, Absolutely none. Uh, but I, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, in, 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 I mean, you have to tip your cap to so many people, the NBA for making this happen, for putting this bubble together, which has proven to be incredibly successful. Uh, you know, all the teams that played, all the teams that didn't play, for sacrificing what was left of their season and saying, "All right, we'll take a mo again on a third of our season and not develop our players and not develop our our you know our mojos. So because that know, second
0: bubble like, never materialized,
5: it never materialized, which I don't know why. I never really heard anything about that I, except for that it just kind of
0: went quiet.
3: Died like, on the vine. It was money.
5: I have to assume it was money, and they just didn't want to say, um, which is, fine. is that's fun. fine. Uh, they did give them the permission to do like extended training camps or some sort of weird thing that uh, we'll see how that bears out. Uh, but I'm beyond excited. I, I do have to apologize. I do have to leave the podcast early. I've got future Laker fan, uh, my two year old daughter, to, uh, to put to bed and stuff. So I am going to handle that. So
2: let Enjoy her stay up saying. tonight and celebrate. She's a future I, Laker
5: fan. <laughs> she'll just want to watch My Little Pony. She's not quite. <laughs> she doesn't know she's like me running around the forum in 1975, uh, going up to Chick Hearn and like you know with a with popcorn in my mouth or whatever. My my, my mom has all these stories of me as a young child running around the forum.
0: Um, I was born two a block and a half away, so from oh, Los Angeles forum. So right, you there, probably
5: ran into each other in the popcorn line. You there know you
0: know go. I mean? There you
5: go. Forum stories are the best. I, I and I hope Steve Ballmer doesn't isn't a dick and doesn't tear it down. Well, but he said he
0: wasn't. He said he was going to build around it.
5: We'll see. I, I, that's my hope too. It's a great concert venue now. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. Yes.
0: Yes. Agreed.
5: Um, anyway, Gerald, I want to thank you for everything you've done with the podcast and the, and, and, the web, and the website, Raphael, I want to thank you for your incredible contributions all playoffs long. It's been great listening to you guys and hearing you guys break down games and providing, you know, a lot of, a lot of things to think about and some really great viewpoints, um, appreciate your
0: support and your oh, great articles know. on there as well.
5: Yeah, no problem, man. And if you ever need me to pop on to anything, if I can do it, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Um, and Magic Man, LT, you know, you guys are the best. Uh, Tom, I can't thank you enough for keeping the site going and keeping the spirit of the old Lakerholics uh, or the LA Times Laker blog alive. It's, it's much appreciated. It's the best Laker blog that ever existed. So I don't care what anybody else says. So you guys enjoy the night. Go Lakers. And thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate you being on the show. Awesome, Matt. You've been awesome. Congrats. Thank you. So, you know, I always got to give him the last word when it Mm -hmm. comes to our opening segment. And that is my good friend, indeed. Uh, I met him. I reached out. When I reached out to all these different Laker sites, he's one of the first that responded. And when I met him, I I was just so thankful that I did because he's a little shy, believe it or not. (laughs) On his first podcast, wasn't sure exactly how to approach it, but he was eager to learn. And I remember his famous comment to me was after listening to a couple of his podcasts that he was on, said, Gerald, maybe I should talk a little less because I think I talk too much. You know what? I said, just be you. Just be you and do the things that you do. And you know what? It'll work out just fine. And over the course of the next 12 months, it certainly has. He's a good man, indeed. You got to check out everything that he does and is a part of at LakerHollis.com. He is the mastermind, indeed. This is my good friend, Mr. Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, for you, this has to be very
4: satisfying. You know, I've been a Laker fan since 1971 when they traded for Wilt Chamberlain. and these last 10 years, I've still had glass half full all the time. So it's really great, finally, to have the glass fill up all the way and overflow. I think just like the guys were saying, there's so many people that you just really have to praise for this championship. It starts with Jeannie Buss. Everything starts from the owner, and the decisions that she made after the Magic Johnson resignation really set the parameters for winning this championship. I mean, that wasn't even a year ago today that we're basically on the ropes. The media was just destroying the Lakers, Everybody was saying they were a totally dysfunctional front office. We hired Frank Vogel. She had faith in Rob Palenka, and I'm sure a big portion of that faith came from Kobe Bean Bryant. And she stuck by that because she believed in Kobe and she believed in Rob. And the job that Rob did is just fabulous. I mean, to think that he got, I think it was seventh place votes for executive of the year. And then you go to Frank Vogel, who, like you said, was a third option and fourth. thank God he was the fourth, fourth. fourth third. It doesn't matter. Thank God he was in the Lakers. I mean, the job that he's done this year. I mean, I was screaming at the TV when Mark Jackson was trying to minimize how great a job he had done, saying that you got LeBron James, it shouldn't be a problem, because that's almost a bigger challenge than anything else. Everybody forgets that everybody said LeBron just came west in order to watch his son play basketball and and work on his retirement. Actually, the assistant coaches, you know, you've got some great assistant coaches, the coaching staff, everybody was on the same page. And you got two superstars who basically were involved in everything, involved in the decisions of building the roster, involved in the coaching decisions, stepping up one after another. You know, I mean, AD wanting to, to guard Jimmy Butler. And then tonight, LeBron saying, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. And you didn't see that on the Clippers. You didn't see that on the Bucks by their stars stepping up and taking on the main responsibilities. And then the players themselves, you know, two of the most maligned players all year long were Contavious Caldwell Pope and Rajon Rondo. And those two guys came up really big tonight. It was just amazing to see a rewarding game in many ways. Redemption, you know, that's all I keep thinking of when I think of this particular championship redemption for Everybody from Genie Bus on down to Rajan Rondo. You can't celebrate enough. I was thrilled that I said if all we have to do is hold them under 100 points and to hold them to like 36 points in the first half, 16 in the second quarter. It was almost a shame that we had to have a whole whole half of garbage time basically because I looked at the stats at the end of the first half and the Lakers were dominating. And the most beautiful cap of the entire evening. Is LeBron James getting that fourth finals MVP?
0: I will just say this. I mean, I could not have done this without all the great guests that have appeared on the show. Without Raphael's help, I could not have done it for the NBA playoffs. Without Sean, without you, Tom, and without Jamie Sweet providing your input over the past month, I am just so thankful and blessed to have each and every one of you by my side during this coverage. It's been a fantastic run. When I set out this, time and to start going ahead and create a podcast specifically that was Lakers and basketball-centric, I wanted to go ahead and produce the best Lakers podcast that was out there because I heard some podcasts over the past few months. There's really one or two that were good, and there's really a whole bunch that are bad, and a lot of them are garbage. And uh, I'll tell you what, that's just saying it how like it is, somebody who's produced podcasts since 2009, I just wanted to go ahead and put my imprint on it, and I think I did. And I couldn't have done it without each and every one of you guys, where I think we're now one of the top Lakers podcasts out there. So going forward, if you want to hear more basketball news, basketball information, stuff on the draft, NBA, and of course, everything Los Angeles Lakers, I hope you'll continue to tune into us each and every episode right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Thanks again to everyone who sat down with me during this championship season and beyond. Appreciate all of you watching and listening and hope you'll continue to do so going forward. This has been Gerald Glassman, and here's hoping we could be part of another title run together right here at the Lakers
4: Fast Break Podcast.